What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. Thank you for making me part of your week. In this upcoming episode, I'm going to go ahead and break down week number two for the Buffalo Bills and the giant game that Josh Allen had. And in segment number two, we're going to go ahead and talk about the first trade that Kevin Adams made as the Buffalo Sabres GM. You're not going to want to miss this episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who listens to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to me on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a good thumbs up rating so that more people can find out about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, do not underestimate the word of mouth. Make sure you tell your friends, you tell your family to give me a listen because they might also like what they hear. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's SportstalkBuff1 on Twitter. You can also email me at SportstalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the rest of the episode. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Ladies and gentlemen, the Buffalo Bills are 2-0 with a 31-28 victory over the Miami Dolphins. And Josh Allen once again breaks his own single-game record for passing yards. Had an absolutely tremendous monster game in last week's game against Miami. And it was a bit of a surprise that the game was so close, in my opinion. I thought that maybe it would be a little bit more of a blowout. Yes, I know in previous episodes and prediction episodes, I did pick the Buffalo Bills to lose. But after watching the first game, I thought that maybe, you know, I, I pretty much knew that my prediction was going to be wrong. I did stick with that prediction and said the Buffalo Bills were going to lose in week two. But I am so very, very happy I was wrong. And my goodness, I could not be more happy with the progress that I have seen from Josh Allen. He was throwing dimes all over the field. He didn't have to beat the team with his legs. This is the first time, in my opinion, that we saw Josh Allen win the game from inside the pocket, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the episode. In the last episode, when we broke down the Buffalo Bills game, we started with the positives. We ended with the negatives. I want to flip that around in this game, and I want to talk about the negatives first before we really get into the positives of this game. Now, starting out the negatives, obviously the biggest negative is that with both Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds out, the middle of the Buffalo Bills defense was noticeably weaker. Now, I know Dodson uh, and uh, Klein had okay games, but... In the second half, Miami really, really started to expose them, and they were really picking the Buffalo Bills apart in the second half of this game. It's going to be a bit of a problem against better teams 
if the Buffalo Bills cannot figure out how to clamp down the middle of that field or if Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are both going to be out for an extended period of time. Another negative thing that I had in this game was I think we really seen how weak the cornerbacks are after Trey White. The cornerbacks after Trey White got absolutely shredded by a very, very average Ryan Fitzpatrick who went 31 for 47 for 328 yards and two touchdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it's Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick that we're talking about. The Bills were not able to turn him over at all, and he carved up the Buffalo Bills defense, and that should set off warning bells to a lot of people. It set off warning bells in my head that the very average Dolphins put up 28 points against this Buffalo Bills defense. That's the second time that a subpar team has been able to kind of figure out this defense, and that is not a good thing moving forward playing against better teams uh you know in the upcoming schedule the next four teams the Buffalo Bills have are all 2 and 0 and it's going to be a very big test for the Bills to see if they can continue this momentum the secondary especially the cornerbacks absolutely have to be better the Buffalo Bills defense overall gave up 4 110 yards again to a very below I don't want to say very below but to a below average Miami Dolphins team 311 pass yards and 99 rush yards according to Google uh, when you when you go ahead and look at the stats on Google but that is just I don't think that's going to be good enough to compete with some of the better teams you you can't count on Josh Allen to have monster days like this every single game so the defense must get better and they must start clamping teams down especially in the second half another thing that I noticed in this game is that obviously the Miami Dolphins are a, a much better team than the New York Jets but the Bills did not dominate play the way they dominated against the Jets they didn't control the game at all actually as the Miami Dolphins ran 72 offensive plays to the Buffalo Bills just 59 and they also obviously lost a time of possession battle 3105 to 2855 uh, again against better teams I don't know if the Bills are going to be able to have that kind of success so they're gonna have to control the game a little bit more and the defense is gonna have to find a way to get off the field so that the offense can can um, you know control the game more so uh, in later games in the season against better teams. The last thing that I wrote down for negatives in this game is the Buffalo Bills were once again, once again, outscored in the second half. That is something that they really need to correct. They always seemingly come out flat in the third quarter, and I think that is coaching. That's on coaching. And they always have to have just a tremendous fourth quarters. And that's something that you cannot have against good teams. Those teams will end up burying you if you give them an opportunity. And the Bills, they, they come out of the gate hot. They're, they're scoring a ton of points, especially to start this season. They're scoring a ton of points in the first half. It's almost like they take their foot off the gas in the third quarter. And then they have to reapply their foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. And that is 
is not going to do. You have to play all 60 minutes if you're going to beat really good teams and you and you want to be an upper echelon team in the NFL. You have to keep your foot on the gas all game long. The Bills lost the second half score 18 to 14 to the Miami Dolphins, the Miami fucking Dolphins. Ladies and gentlemen, I know a lot of teams or a lot of uh, people said that the the Dolphins were going to be the, you know, the dark horse to win it and I just don't see it. I don't see it, you know, especially with somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. And then when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to be there, you're going to have a rookie in Tua Tagovailoa taking over. Uh, you know, rookies coming in, they don't they don't normally start off on the best foot. You know what I mean? They don't come in and just dominate the league. So I don't think that the Miami Dolphins are going to be a very good team. And I, the Bills did take care of business. Yes, they did. But it was the it's just nitpicky, don't get me wrong. The way they took care of business was not overly reassuring, heading into a very difficult part of the schedule. Now let's get into the positives of this game, and it is starting out with the offense. The Buffalo Bills offense appears legit, albeit against subpar teams in the Dolphins and the Jets. You cannot take away the performances by this Buffalo Bills offense, who is seemingly moving the ball at will. And they had a 11-play, 97-yard drive in this game against the Jets to score, I believe it's to score their opening touchdown. And my, ladies and gentlemen, my goodness, these things, at least for Buffalo Bills fans, uh, millennial Buffalo Bills fans, and Gen X, I think they are Buffalo Bills fans. These things are unheard of. They have not seen this type of offense on a Buffalo Bills team in a very, very, very long time. And it is super fun and super exciting to watch. I cannot wait for the rest of the season. It is absolutely going to be a very, very fun season to watch for the Buffalo Bills and or for the Buffalo Bills fans and a fun season to play for the Buffalo Bills offense because it seems like they have things going on all cylinders. Last week I talked about the Buffalo Bills run game needs to be better. Obviously the Jets have a very stout run defense, so it was imperative to get Devin Singletary and Zach Moss going a little bit more in this game. Now I know that most of the yards came through the air for the Buffalo Bills and that Singletary and Moss they didn't get a lot of touches in this game, but they did play much better in this game against the Miami Dolphins. Singletary had 10 carries for 56 yards in this game, and Zach Moss had 8 carries for 37 yards. Neither guy broke the 4 yards per carry threshold in the last game. Both of them broke over 4.5 yards a carry in this game, so a very positive sign for Buffalo Bills fans that their run game appears to be getting going after week number 2. Something else for the Buffalo Bills fans that I I know. Look, I'm gonna catch a lot of a lot of flack for this. I'm gonna catch a lot of shit as I, and it's it's very much welcome, guys. I did not like the Stefan Diggs trade when it first happened, and that is egg all over my face. That was absolutely moronic. I thought to myself, with such a deep draft at wide receiver. I don't know why the Bills would trade a first overall pick or a first overall a first round pick to my or Minnesota for Stefan Diggs, but I could not have been more wrong. Stefan Diggs is a legit 
number one receiver and the type of receiver that Josh Allen needed. He made a ton of, he made a, a ton of really great catches. He was consistently getting open to the point where John Brown got on the phone to talk to uh, Brian Dable and said, keep feeding him the ball. He is a monster. That is essentially what was being said to Brian Dable, and they did just that. He had eight catches for 153 yards and a touchdown in this game in just his second game. And wouldn't it be Buffalo Bills' dumb luck that the power went out on this CBS truck and all Buffalo Bills fans missed Stephon Diggs scoring his first touchdown in a Buffalo Bills uniform live, of course, because that is how things go here as a Buffalo Bills fan. Even when the team is good, it's you know the universe still finds a way to shit all over us. Of course they do, but thank goodness we were able to kind of see a highlight of it. And again, he's wide open, and, and Josh Allen puts the ball right on him. Touchdown, Buffalo Bills. I think this is going to be a very, very solid season for Diggs and Allen, and this is exactly what the Bills missed at lacked all last year, a true number one wide receiver to take the pressure off of John Brown and Cole Beasley, who had very strong seasons last year, but a true number one go-to guy. Stephon Diggs is it. He fits well in Buffalo. He is seemingly gelling very, very well with Josh Allen, and it is paying dividends for the Buffalo Bills. Going on to uh, another positive is that John Brown and Cole Beasley both had very strong games for the second week in a row. These guys are going to be big contributors moving forward, of course. Um, You know, John Brown caught four passes for 82 yards and a touchdown that long. I think it was a 45-yard touchdown. And Cole Beasley does did what Cole Beasley does, five catches for 70 yards in this game, working the underneath routes. He's starting to get a little bit further downfield. Uh, you know, and Josh Allen's hitting them. He's hitting these guys in stride, and that is an absolutely beautiful thing. They're giving the Bills a fantastic wide receiver, two and three options, and creating a ton of mismatches for uh, the Buffalo Bills offense to exploit moving forward. Now we're going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about the big, big story of this week, and that is Josh Allen. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's a little too soon to be anointing Josh Allen the champ. I know it was just Miami, and I know it was just the Jets, but you cannot deny how good Josh Allen has been these past two weeks. This is something that is, again, the Bills fans have not seen since Jim Kelly, The how good Josh Allen has been in these first two weeks. Hopefully, he can continue it against really good teams and really good defenses. We're really going to see. He's going to have a good test this week going up against Aaron Donald and the L.A. Rams. Uh, You know, they're 2-0, and he's going to be in uh, Josh Allen's face all game long. But my goodness, Josh Allen was unbelievable as he went 24 of 35 for four. 117 yards. 
ladies and gentlemen, and four touchdowns and no picks. Four touchdowns and no picks. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, what a game. What a game. You're watching Josh Allen ball out. We're watching Josh Allen grow in front of our eyes. And this feels like a moment to the rest of the NFL. I don't know if you guys have seen ever seen Happy Gilmore when he's playing against Shooter McGavin in the very, very, uh, you know, in the last tournament when they're going for the, the, the gold jacket. You know, when he talks about uh, learning how to putt. This is Josh Allen learning how to throw the ball and do it and beat teams from inside the pocket. This is what it feels. I just, this is what Josh Allen is saying to everyone. Happy learned how to putt. Uh oh. Josh Allen has learned how to throw. Uh oh. He's learned how to throw with touch. He's learned how to throw with timing. And he's learned how to do it from inside the pocket. And this should give teams around the NFL absolute nightmares because we already know that he can beat you with his legs. We Everyone in the NFL knows that. Everyone. But now he's showing you that he can beat you with his arm also. So that's something that is going to keep a lot of defensive coordinators awake at night when they have to game plan for the freakish athlete that is Josh Allen, and now he can beat you in multiple different ways. He is a multifaceted quarterback. He has a ton of weapons, and this offense is going to be so much fun to watch moving forward. Allen had a great game, not just to Diggs, but he found eight different receivers in this game. And the only real downside is I think they have so many weapons that they're, they're not give they're not, you know, Dawson Knox isn't getting the ball as much, but he doesn't really need to. He caught one pass for 38 yards, but that's okay. Stephon Diggs caught eight for 153. <laughs> so as long as the Buffalo Bills are rolling downfield, they're moving the ball at will. It's just absolutely incredible, super fun to watch, and something that Bills fans and Bills Mafia has longed for for so very long. Uh, and it, it appears, if he can keep this up, that we finally have it. We have found our franchise guy. And he, like I said, he is growing up before our eyes. He has made a giant leap from year two to year three. Some of that is due to Stefan Diggs making big-time catches. And, some, and a lot of it is due to the fact that he is showing tremendous touch and accuracy from inside the pocket. He looks like he's in complete control of the offense, and he has shown the ability to beat teams from the pocket with his arm. He ran the ball just four times in this game for 18 yards, and he threw, yes, he threw for 417 yards. The Bills hadn't had a 300-yard passer in multiple years up until the first game of this year where Josh Allen threw for over 300. And in in his encore presentation against the Miami Dolphins, he throws for over 400 yards. What is to not like about Josh Allen? And I have a bone to pick with the talking heads on ESPN. They all anointed, look, these people get paid. The fact that these people get paid to talk about sports is is awesome. You know, I would love to get paid to talk about sports. Maybe not in today's day and age, you know, but we'll get into that maybe a different time. But I would love to get paid to talk about sports. But you know what makes people like you more is when you show some, some uh, you know, 
when you show some some vulnerability, I guess. When you're wrong, fucking own it. Own it. Ladies and gentlemen, I was wrong about Josh Allen. I've said that numerous times on this podcast. I was wrong about Josh Allen. I didn't like Josh Allen. When they drafted Josh Allen, it ruined my night. I had to go to work that night, and it ruined my night. And you know what? I could not be happier to be wrong. But all the talking heads on ESPN and across the sports nation simply cannot admit that they were wrong. You watch these people talk, and Cam Newton went 15-19 to for like 165 yards against the Miami Dolphins, and everyone's like, oh man, Cam Newton, he's back. He's back. Cam Newton, look at this guy. He's amazing. Josh Allen just absolutely and 100% torched the secondary for the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have two of the top five highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL. This was supposed to be their strong suit on their defense, and Josh Allen just absolutely ripped them a new one, and no one can admit, no one can admit that Josh Allen may be way better than everyone expected him to be and faster than a lot of people probably expected him to be. He is playing great football, and I just I can't stand when people don't admit when they're wrong. Guess what? I was wrong. I'll own it right here, Sports Talk Buffalo. I will own it, and I challenge anyone, any one of the talking heads to own it. Say, guess what, guys? I was wrong. People will like you more. I promise it's okay to admit when you're wrong sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. That's why people don't listen to the talking heads as much anymore. They're just, they make every excuse in the book to continue to be right. They keep pushing that false narrative on you. And it's just, it's so hard to listen to when people don't, won't admit that they're wrong, especially Bill's Mafia, when they, they keep criticizing Josh Allen, everyone, Cam Newton, he's back. He's back. Cam Newton, he's the man. He just barely beat the Miami Dolphins, and Josh Allen absolutely shredded the Miami Dolphins, and it, they still won't give the guy his due. It drives me up a fucking wall. It really, really does. But you know what? That's okay because us here in Bill's Mafia, we know the truth. And if Josh Allen keeps playing the way he's playing, uh, the way he has played in the first two games, it is going to be a very, very exciting season. That's going to do it for this segment. Stick around in our next segment. We're going to talk about uh, Kevin Adams' first trade as the Buffalo Sabres GM. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into segment number two and talk about Kevin Adams' first trade as the Buffalo Sabres GM. The date is September 16th. The Buffalo Sabres trade Marcus Johansson to the Minnesota Wild for center Eric Stahl. Stahl is 35 years old, coming off of the season that saw him score 19 goals and 28 assists in 66 games. In the last four seasons in Minnesota, he's had 240 points in 311 games. Is this a good trade for the Buffalo Sabres? Well, we're going to discuss it, and you be the judge. I'm going to go over some pros and cons, in my opinion, for this trade 
I like it off the jump. I'm going to tell you that right now. Let's start out with some pros. Yes, I know that Stahl is a older male, an older NHLer. I get it, but let's go over the pros first. Stahl has been a very consistent scoring threat over the course of his career, and he has not seemed to slow down one single bit. The older he has gotten, he has rejuvenated his career in Minnesota, having a 70-plus point season just two seasons ago. As I said last season, he had 47 points in 66 games, and with Minnesota, 240 points in 311 games overall. That is some really good numbers. I know he he is a little bit older, but guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You want a center in here for the Sabres that is good, that is cheap, that is going to bring some stability to that second line, that is going to bring some scoring punch to that second line, a center, a true center that can win faceoffs, a true center that can feed a uh, very expensive player in Jeff Skinner and a guy who has played with Jeff Skinner before. I will tell you this right now. This is, I, so far, I like this trade quite a bit. The next pro for this is Stahl has been a very, very durable player. Knock on wood here. I know Stahl has has been a very durable player throughout the course of his career, so if he can stay healthy, I think he will be a very solid number two for the Buffalo Sabres this season. Another pro is he has scored 20-plus goals in three of his last four seasons, and he would have scored another. uh, He would have had four out of four seasons in Minnesota if the season was not cut short by COVID. He had 19 goals in in just 66 games this season, so it is no doubt that he would have scored 20 goals, uh, barring an unfortunate injury or something like that. He would have had four straight 20-goal seasons with the Minnesota Wild. The Sabres are only, is another pro here. The Sabres are only committed to him for one season. Yet one season. So if he has an absolute flop of a season, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to keep him. It's not a bad contract. He's off the books after this season. If the Sabres don't want to keep him, he's off the books after this season. Great, great, great trade when you look at it like that. He gives the Sabres another year to let Cousins develop and not have to force him potentially into a role that he is not going to be ready for. That's their, They seem like they have learned their lesson with Casey Middlestat. They thought that maybe Middlestat could come in right away and be the 2C that did not pan out, and it really hurt uh, Middlestat's development going from you know high school hockey, play one year in college, having an okay year, and then trying to jump and make the transition right into the NHL. Just not very good management of that player, and it may have ruined Casey Middlestat's career. I hate to say it. Uh, hopefully he can resurrect his career and be a very big part of the Sabres moving forward. The last pro that I see right there that I wrote down right here is that he provides leadership. He's an older guy that has been in the league for a very long time. He can show the younger guys how to take care of themselves, how to treat their bodies, and how to have that durability and longevity that he has enjoyed in his career. Uh, like I said, there's a, there's so many pros to bringing him into Buffalo. And, you know, it's just, it seemingly outweighs the cons. The only couple cons that I could think of is Stahl is at the end of a tremendous career. Maybe he does not really have a whole lot left in the tank. Maybe he doesn't really want to play 
for the Buffalo Sabres. The couple of interviews that I've seen, he did not look very excited. But then again, when you interview hockey players, period, they're normally very dull, mundane kind of interviews. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to get a tell on that. I know he probably wanted to finish out his career in Minnesota, but thank goodness for the Buffalo Sabres that they're going to bring him in at least for one season and see how he pans out and give Dylan Cousins uh, an opportunity to acclimate himself a little bit better into the Sabres lineup and into the NHL. Another con I see here is though he has remained productive, uh, he is tr- he's going to be 36. He, he turns 36 in October, and he's going to be 36 heading into the next NHL season, and the slowdown comes at some point for everybody. This could be the slowdown for Eric Stahl uh, heading, or, you know, for this upcoming season. Hopefully it's not. I think all Sabres fans are hoping that it's not uh, any sort of slowdown I think they're all hope, myself included. I hope Sabres Mafia knows that we have a really, really talented player who's been productive his entire career. And if he just is able to kind of maintain roughly what his production is, I think we have definitely found ourselves a very solid second line center. The real question is, was Kevin Adams' first trade as the GM of the Buffalo Sabres a success? And I'm going to put it to you guys like this. I'm going to tell you how how I feel about this in my best NHL announcer impression. Here we go. Ready? Kevin Adams has the puck in over the blue line. Kevin Adams makes a move around the defender in front. He digs. He scores! Kevin Adams beats the defender. Blows it by the goaltender and gives the Sabres an excellent opportunity heading into next season. They have found their second line center, ladies and gentlemen. A fantastic trade by Kevin Adams. My goodness, that should explain it all. Uh, my opinion about this trade, even if Stahl falls off a little bit, if he is able to get around 40 to 45 points, he's going to help elevate uh, Jeff Skinner's game. He's going to hopefully get Jeff Skinner to that 25-30 goal mark again for the Buffalo Sabres. Just adds a very solid, very sturdy second-line center. Again, I love this trade. I think it was a fantastic move by Kevin Adams, and it gives me a lot of hope that Adams knows what he's doing in terms of bringing in the right players and in the right situations for the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. That's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends and tell your family. Help uh, get the name of this podcast out there. Let them know. I have a great time doing it for you guys. If you guys want to hear me, they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, on Anchor. They can uh, follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuff1. That's SportsTalkBuff1 on Twitter. They can get at me at Either of my two email addresses, that's sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com or sportstalkbuffalo at gmail.com, and I will get back to you guys as soon as possible. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and have a fantastic week.